0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: What's the focus on BFM 89.9, The Business Station? FM eighty nine point nine nine thirty six a.m. on Friday, the seventh of April. You're listening to the Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning, and this is WTF or What's the Focus? Our weekly roundup show of the top stories that have caught our attention this entire week, as well as other news tidbits that you may have missed. Uh, this helps you usher you into the weekend and it is a holy weekend this uh week it's a uh, uh good friday today and followed by easter sunday so uh, blessed celebrations to all those observing these festivities
0: yeah so when you meet your friends and relatives you can sound smarter Right? Because you won't have those awkward silences like <laughs> everybody just looking at each other. It's also uh, for many people. also they're doing their ching ming, you know, to um, so it's eh, like lots of activities going on. But anyway, what's who's been really busy?
1: Well, I would have to say that uh, the busy, I guess the busy award This week probably goes to President uh, Xi Jinping um, and really the Chinese government, because there have been a flurry of foreign visits and foreign meetings taking place in Beijing. I think as we speak, we have uh, President uh, Emmanuel Macron from France, as well as uh, the EU commissioner um, Ursula von der Leyen in Beijing, I guess, meeting with President Xi and doing a good cop, bad cop routine of sorts as it's been described by some media.
0: Yeah, BBC called it uh, the good cop, bad cop uh, routine. And I was curious, right? Who's the good cop and who's the bad cop?
1: Uh, So apparently
0: it's... uh The lady is going to be the bad cop, Ursula von Leyen. She is known to, well, you know, some have called her the bad cop from Brussels, given her strong relationship with President Joe Biden and her vocal support for NATO's position. Now, before she arrived in China, which was on Thursday, uh, sorry, Wednesday, and then I think she met President Xi on Thursday, she gave a strongly worded speech criticizing uh, Xi Jinping for his maintaining his friendship with Vladimir Putin of Russia, of course, and in reference to China's twelve-point peace plan, she stressed that any pa- plan consolidating Russia's annexation was simply not viable.
1: So yeah, I think the EU is taking a, a tougher tone on China compared to perhaps uh, Macron, who I think is trying to uh, be a little bit more, I the guess, the good cop. Uh, yeah, a little bit more amiable. Not not to say amiable, but to be a, a little bit more, not lenient, but you know warming. what I mean? I suppose, you know, trying to persuade China to persuade China with honey rather than with um, what's the opposite stick of... Stick and carrot
0: approach, yeah, is it? I
1: suppose so, yeah. So um, uh,
0: China is so huge, I don't think the stick is going to work. But anyway... Anyway, um, you know, what's been interesting is uh, Xi Jinping himself, very busy. Um, he, so he's got these two visitors. Shortly, he will also be uh, in a few weeks or is it a few days time? President lead, uh, leader, Brazilian leader, excuse me, um, Lula da Silva is set to visit China next week. I think he called out the visit uh, earlier on because he wasn't feeling well, but he's he's turning up.
1: So, yes, I think a very in, it's a busy time for Chinese statecraft at the moment, really trying to show China, trying to show that they have that influence on the world stage. We see the foreign minister also um, hosting that meeting between Saudi Arabia and Iran. Uh, that is pretty landmark, considering that these two countries have been on opposing sides for the longest time. Mm. So um, I think it's quite interesting to see the interplay of uh, geopolitical dynamics, how China's uh, been responding to, I suppose, U.S. overtures in other parts of the world, we see the U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris recently returning from a trip to Africa. Mm. So you can really see these two superpowers kind we of are moving across we are your BFFs the, across that map, right? Trying yes. to remind people uh, who they're friends with.
0: Yes. So you know, the Bloomberg has described uh, what President Xi Jinping um, is doing as a charm offensive. Okay. So he has also, in addition to brokering uh, and an agreement with Saudi Arabia and Iran, which you highlighted, uh, he's now seeking to mend ties with other key US allies, so including, well, France, clearly, and Australia. So apparently it's all in a bid to, like you say, be uh, to prevent China from being less isolated in the global stage.
1: Something to keep an eye on, certainly, in the weeks ahead. I think if we turn our attention over to other news, just, I guess, quick snapshots of what's been happening. Um, We can't forget, of course, that this is the week that President Donald Trump was uh, arrested and charged. Uh, is ever. He is charged for 34 criminal charges of falsifying business records. 34, right? 34. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, We also know that um, I think the son of assassinated Senator Robert F. Kennedy um, has thrown his hat into the ring. He's going to uh, try and uh, win the Democratic, is it the Democratic yes. a ticket from Joe Biden. But he's seen as an outlier. He is an anti-vaxxer from what yes. I have heard. Uh,
0: not so popular with even his own family members. Three of them have written, I think, to the press to say they don't agree with his anti-vaxxer opinion.
1: Okay, well, and there are also elections coming up in Thailand, closer to home. Uh, so there's actually a whole host of candidates that are running for Prime Minister. I think we've got generals, uh, we've got the incumbent Prime Minister Prayut chan we've got the daughter of, uh, tycoon, Taksin Shinawat you know uh, We and um, and is she the political neophyte in this title? Yeah, yes,
0: she is. And, and there's also a pro-reform, move-forward party led by. Oh, excuse me if I can't Thai,
1: th- th- pronounce Thai
0: names. His name, are our Mr. Peter Lim Excuse me, I I do apologize for this. Now, what's interesting about these Thai? How a uh, p- prime minister is elected? Okay. Um, is that a candidate must win a majority of 500 elected lower house MPs as well as 250 military appointed senators. So in order for any candidate to win outright, uh, you do need a landslide victory in the election. Um, And what's interesting is you don't actually need to be an elected lawmaker to be a prime minister according to the 2017 constitution.
1: I think that's such an interesting nugget of information. I never knew that. And if you look at the, um, I guess, front runners at the moment or those who are prominent in this race, uh, Prayut Chan-o-cha isn't running for an MP post, and neither is uh, Taksin Shinawat's daughter, um, Pei P- Tang Torn. Pei Tang Torn? Yes. yes. <laughs> we will learn these names
0: soon. We do apologize. Uh, so, Thai elections, hotly contested, and I think the polls are showing that uh, prior Chanocha is actually behind. Okay.
1: Well, let's turn our attention to a bit of business news that has caught many of us book lovers by surprise and dismay. Uh, Amazon is going to close down the book depository online shop. So it's me
0: sobbing in the background.
1: Exactly. If you buy books, I think you would be very familiar with Book Depository. They ship books internationally uh, for free. (laughs) Shouting, tears are rolling down her face with the closure of this online shop.
0: What's interesting is a rise of another old bookstore though. So one closes and then one rises. And it's Barnes and Noble. Did you ever go to them in US just?
1: Yes, I did. They were on frequently on every block back well, when I was
0: there. Uh guess what? They're no longer on any block. Uh, sorry, fewer blocks, partially because a lot of their uh, bookstores were actually in malls, and we know there was a structural decline of malls. But this bookstore is getting a bit of a revival, no thanks to this independent bookstore. Don Books. Have you been to Don Books in UK? No, I have not been to Don well, Books. Well, it's an independent bookstore chain, uh, established not too long ago in London in 1990. Um, the owner is an ex-investment banker and uh, he's actually credited in reviving uh, Waterstones, which is another big bookstore in UK. Now, he's actually ploughed money into Barnes & Noble. His model is different. And why Don Books has done so well is they empower their individual bookstores, at least the staff there, to order the books they think that the readers in their vicinity would like to read, rather than, you know, like a centralised ordering system where I just order, you know, 1,000 copies of Harry Potter and everybody gets it. No. So they think that's a better model, and they're going to see whether this model can be replicated in Barnes & Noble and do better. So yes, we're sad that Book Depository is coming to an end. But hey, people are still reading, and maybe uh, brick-and-mortar bookstores are doing much better now.
1: All right, 9.45 in the morning. We're heading into some messages. We're going to come back with uh, more top stories of the week, BFM 89.9. 9.47am. Thanks for staying tuned to The Morning Run. You're listening to WTF or What's the Focus, our weekly recap show. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning. Now today is World Health Day. It marks the birth of the World Health Organization. It's 75 years old and the theme of the year or theme of the day for this year is Health for All. All. And it's quite timely that to this week, actually, we've had a series of headlines and stories all about public health and the healthcare sector that we've been covering from Monday all the way till today, really. Mm. So I think Monday we had this big story about the um, Mogot Doctor Malaysia uh, strike that was purportedly taking place. That has taken a lot of strange twists and turns over the course of the Three days and the few days prior yeah. that it was announced.
0: So, this Mogo Doctor Malaysia should not be confused with the Hatal Contract Doctor...
1: Hatal Doctor Contract.
0: Yeah, okay, because there are two separate groups, right? And the Hatal Contract Doctor says, we've got nothing to do with this strike at all. And we, you know... It was because it's supposed to be a silent strike, it's not like you know they're going out there to you know, right? Group. They
1: weren't congregating, they, no. they were just supposed to take emergency leave or yeah. annual leave, yeah, and you know, co- or like, mass resign, yeah,
0: or basically just not turn up for work. Well, not work for the for the like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So there were some channel checks in terms of was there any disruption to public health care? Did waiting times look, uh, did it seem longer? And so far, the the Twitter chatter or even the social media chatter doesn't suggest that to be be the case. Meanwhile, this Mogul Dr. Malaysia, they have deactivated their social media on the day two of this
1: nationwide strike and Sunny went silent very curious indeed about that right Mm. Um, but uh, this has raised the issue of the plight of contract doctors again and I think the government has also been taking action to try and address these systemic issues affecting contract doctors Uh,
0: yeah because they are real right uh um, and, you know, if you, in a way, it, it's a long-term structural issue. I think every health minister, the last three health ministers have tried to address this issue. And I'm waiting for the white paper, whether that will make some reference to it because it's supposed to come out this year. But in the meantime, our prime ministers basically stepped into this issue by saying, hey, give us three years to resolve this issue. I just wonder whether these contract doctors can wait three years
1: something that um, is going to be closely watched i'm sure and aside from the contract doctor issue there was also the news of the uh, ministry of health removing nicotine from the poisons act which in turn would pave the way for taxes to be collected on vape products Mm. and liquid um, nicotine uh, products this wasn't really received with much glee or actually it was received with immense dismay from yes. the medical fraternity who who point out that because there is no law regulating the vape industry at the moment, uh, the removal of liquid nic- nicotine is happening in a vacuum, yes. which means that it is very susceptible to being um, to being abused.
0: Yeah, so even children can smoke it. I mean, there's nothing, suddenly it becomes legal to do so because there's no reference to it at all in terms of like whether it, it can or cannot be used. Um, so we had a call with uh, Azrul Khalid From Code Blue Actually on Monday From the Galen Centre Yeah, from the Galen Centre Excuse me Code Blue is their website uh, Telling us Why he's against this And And uh, you know, so do tune in. Just, he explains it in detail that's as right. to why this is an issue.
1: And really emphasizing that we need to pass the law to control and regulate the vaping industry, mm. just as we do with smoking. So hopefully, we see some progress on that front. Uh, this week, also, it was historic because the government has put forth bills to finally decriminalize suicide. I think this has been something that uh, advocates have been calling for a long time because criminalization of attempted suicide does not deter anybody from no. attempting that. When people are in mental distress, um, you know, thinking about, oh, I might go to jail, it doesn't stop them from, from taking drastic action. And also it sometimes even stops people who want to assist. That's right. Yeah,
0: so you might know someone that is mentally, you know, not in the best position and you can see it happening and you want to assist. But because you think if I say something, uh, will I get that person into trouble? Will he then be charged with a crime? because so far I think for in the last two years 900 over people have been charged um the good news is that the government is now imposing a moratorium on sentencing. That's right till Parliament comes into session again because it's in recess now and then I think this act should be passed. I really hope that there will be bipartisan support because this should not be a crime. These people are not criminals. they are people who need help and then there's a bigger question in terms of our public healthcare system are we providing enough assistance for them
1: that's right. That's something that uh, really needs to be beefed up as well and to ensure that uh, mental health assistance is made accessible to all. Um, let's see. I think we did talk about organ donation this morning a little bit earlier. So to cap off the roundup of health stories and the breakfast grill today was also health-focused. Uh, shouting you spoke to Nadia Wan of TMC Life Sciences. Yeah,
0: so we, you know, we had a discussion in terms of whether uh, hospitals are doing, private hospitals are doing much better post the pandemic. But we also had a robust discussion in terms of the policy see changes that need to be that need to be that need to happen because we really do need to reform our healthcare system we need to future proof it so she gave some suggestions so do tune in that will be available on our podcast or app shortly Uh, but I think in terms of organ donation it is illegal to sell your kidney yeah to sell (laughs) any organ Uh, the current system that's implemented 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 is in Malaysia excuse me why am I finding struggling with words there is no organ commercial commercialization here in this country that's right. even if it is it is usually investing it is investigated not that usually right it, it is, is investigated is, that's
1: right it's it's very difficult to do living donor uh, do- living organ donations um, but you can uh, you can register to be a cadaveric organ donor please do that on your myjetra app uh, let's end with this not too great story but it's always a good reminder as we head into the weekend and I'm sure with the many um, fiestas that uh, may be taking place especially for buka or in conjunction with um, celebrations in church, food waste.
0: Yes. Now, the New Straits Times has reported that Ramadan bazaar traders in KL and Putrajaya are wasting 47,610 kg of food per day. This is not per week or per month. This is per day. And it is an amount that could feed almost 40,000 people.
1: Wow, those are staggering numbers. And I think just yesterday, the evening edition, we're talking about um, vegetable stock, vegetable produce that's also being wasted because of lack of demand. And I think this amount of food wastage really needs to be addressed um, in a serious manner um, sooner rather than later, please. Because, yes, zero waste. That is what we should be aiming for. Um, it is coming up to 9.55 in the morning. Uh, we're heading into the 9.30 a.m. news. Not 10 a.m. 9, 10 a.m. Sorry. It's Friday, everybody. We're heading into the 10 a.m. news bulletin. And then after that, we're going to hand over the baton to Enterprise. Uh, but in the meantime, taking you to the news is Ruin by Cat Power. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. What's the focus on BFM 89.9, The Business Station? You have been listening to a podcast
0: from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.